What about your situation, Sol? Will you be staying at Tottenham? I'm staying. Hello, and welcome. Sol Campbell is a gooner. Uh, so, yeah, on this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, our own personal roots and feelings towards a very controversial topic uh, mm-hmm. and also a very current topic with the whole Y word. I'm going to say for now, but but mm-hmm. but we are both Jewish. I'm an Arsenal fan that's Jewish, but and I'm a Yidu Yidu Yidu. So we can actually say the term Yid without meaning offence towards or anti-Semitic a term because we are Jewish ourselves. But yeah, so we're both Jewish, so we've both got our own opinions on the word. But we are both separate Arsenal and Spurs fans. We have similar feelings towards the term and the whole concept of it. Uh, so most of the most of the podcast will be towards that. We also have some special guests on the podcast. We have the guys from We Are Tottenham TV coming on later in the show to give their perspective. Obviously, as uh, as Jews, as Spurs fans, um, they qualify. They, they they tick both boxes in in, in, uh, in what is needed to talk about this. Um, in having a relevant opinion. In having an opinion, they're they're, they're our allowed opinion. So we're also going to do the obvious hero of the week and villain of the week again. Mm-hmm. If you make it to the end, well done. But to start us off, we're going to talk about the latest Spurs and Arsenal news. Well, I don't know how much Spurs are going on at the moment, but Arsenal have got a lot going on for them. Yeah, We're being linked with quite a few players at the moment. Obviously, the Tierney stuff happened last week, but that's sort of died out a bit. We're also being linked with, uh, which is, it was pretty much confirmed a couple of days ago, that we were signing Saliba and he was going back on loan. But... I haven't seen that either, and it's a. They were saying it's going to be in thirty million, which I think is quite a lot for someone that hasn't really. I, mean, I saw that he was um, that Spurs were going to come in and, and swoop to sign him, which I don't. I've done anything about him, but just to steal a player from Arsenal would be pretty funny. Um, just show, it would show how far Arsenal have fallen, basically as a club. Um, but I think he is a young centre back. He won't be signing this season, by lots of things. He won't be coming till next season. But it's a defender, and we need defenders. So Tierney and. And Saliba would be two good signings. But the main thing we've been in with is quite a few wingers. Yeah. We had Carrasco recently, but that's, again, Arsenal seem to be making moves and then them falling and dying out quite quickly right now, which isn't a good sign, considering we don't have a huge budget. But the main transfer that I think most people have seen is Zaha. Yeah. And uh, we've... Put in a bid today. Yeah. Well, we've put in a bid of £40 million, but apparently they want close to £800 million. I thought 80, but 80, 80 to 100 million, yeah, let's it's, say. It's a, it's a crazy amount. Which is a bit much for someone who's not... Like, he's not like he's 21, 22. He's, he's aged a bit, yeah. But so he's 80, not old. He's 26. He's not old. So it's not an old, but, for, but 80 million for him. Yeah. For a player that hasn't proven himself. But Arsenal have, Arsenal have put a price tag on Aubameyang, apparently, of 56 million. Apparently this is what's happened. 56 million, which means Arsenal might be looking to replace and getting another winger but I did see a good article saying Arsenal shouldn't go after a winger because it would ruin Reese Nelson possibly mm-hmm. he's young he's coming back on loan if we from went and come back from a loan it would be a bit cruel to him and to like to Arsenal in general because we've already got a Wobie as well but I'm saying unless you get rid of Mkhitaryan and Ozil there's no need for another winger right now because mm. Reese Nelson's come back so we've been linked with also other wingers like Balde Dial from Inter, who just recently signed there, so be surprised at that. And today, Yanis Brahimi, which is some great got, news. Got, got to stop you there, but um, Balde Dial was on loan to Inter last year, um, and now he's at Monaco. So, so sorry, yes, you're right there. Um, 
Paul Didier does play for Monaco. I'm but, always right. Um, Brahimi is the other player we're in with from Porto. And also we've been in with Ryan Fraser mm. from Bournemouth, which has been going on for a while. People are m- mocking Arsenal for going after Ryan Fraser. But he was no, one of the best I, Premier League players last year. I'm pretty sure, people, I'm pretty sure people are just mocking Arsenal just for the sake of it. I mean, you can mock him for Ryan Fraser as well, but you can just mock Arsenal. It's just a fun thing to do. Just, I don't know. Okay, but I still think you can't have a go at a team for trying to go after Ryan Fraser. He was probably, if not the best player, or one of the best players outside the top six last season. Mm. He got the second was, most assists. Overall. I think you could, you, you could probably mock um, Arsenal more when Ryan Fraser eventually turns you down to stay, stay at um, mid-table Bournemouth. Um, that, that, that's quite funny. <laughs> okay, so what's this? Who, who are the big names wanting to sign for Spurs with now? Um, a bloke called it um, Tangi and Dombele. Obviously, his his deal is progression, progressing uh, more this week. I guess there's been more more rumours about how we've agreed. Some people say 55 million. I saw in the Guardian they reported 55 million. Um, other sources say 72 million euros. I've I've absolutely no idea. It looks like it's going to happen. Um, pretty much every other club is, that was was interested has pulled out. Um, Juve have signed Rabiot. So that base, I mean, it doesn't mean necessarily they they could still go and sign him. But why you would want to go and play like sixth choice midfielder? I don't know. Um, yeah, the, I mean, we haven't... Jack Clark is, is another thing. He's progressed a bit further from last week. Had a medical at Tottenham this week. Um, the rumours are that he could go back on loan to Leeds, which would be a bit um, annoying, considering he would be our first signing in 520-something days, probably. I don't know. I, I haven't been counting. But um, he... Yeah, it would be a bit, bit annoying if, if our first signing in 500-whatever days couldn't play for us. Um, in other news, no, Tottenham-related... For prog- progression, it wouldn't be bad, would it? Yeah, it would be nice signing, but I, like, at least we want to see him play with Tottenham. Like, I wouldn't want him to see him going back on loan to Leeds. So when is he going to play? Um, League Cup and that. I don't know. Probably play a little bit. And so since signing a player to play in the League Cup not rather than going a year or known to the Championship, but, a very competitive right, league, not, playing for a top that, team that, in the Championship. No, it's not only that, because now, this week, um, or yesterday actually, very sad moment, um, Fernando Llorente's contract expired. Um, very sad I didn't think he was that good at football, to be honest. But he gave us some great moments. Um, the, the, Man, the Man City game, obviously, when he's, he, he elbowed the ball in. Oh, what a goal. He's almost a striker version of Musisoko. <laughs> Not that good at football, and somehow people somehow made it out that he's one of the best players in the world. Mm, no, I think Musisoko is uh, the best player in the world, so I think that, that that's not a fair comparison. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about, about, about Fernando Llorente um, um, and the, the Ajax game, where he came on at half-time... Um, and him and Sudoku would just stand on one end of the pitch, knock the ball down to Llorente, he knocks it down to whatever every single time, beats anyone in the air. Um, it'll be sad to see him go, I guess, um, but hopefully we sign someone better than him. But he's well, still, he's still a few nice players guy, are leaving on there. Janssen was leaving as well. Yeah, yeah the, Trippier. Trippier as well, but Janssen and Nkudu, they're the ones that no one really wants. Um, we, <laughs> We, we signed them. They, they, they were promising, promising prospects when we signed them. Seventeen million we spent on Vincent Janssen, and now we can't get him. We can't get him out of the club quick enough because no one, no one wants him because he's not very good. Um, and Kudu as well. I, I don't know if we get like I don't know fifteen million for them, maybe each probably together. Like get him in a group deal, like two for one. Just someone take him. Someone come, please. We need, we need some. We need some money to invest in the team. Uh, the other big Arsenal news today or recently. Mm. is the new kit and all that. We've finally launched our new kit today. There was a mini protest to go along with it outside the crown. Very mini protest. 
It's like ten people there. <laughs> not not many people showed up. But mm. Good for them for trying. Turns out that Arsenal fans don't really care about Kroenke and just want to use them as an excuse for when they lose games. Yes, I think it was more of no one really knew what was it was happening. Mm-hmm. But anyway, our kit got launched today. Uh, it's 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 a retro kit supposedly. We're also releasing the our bruised banana kit. So since Arsenal have released this retro kit, I thought it would only be a good time to mention a few ex-Arsenal Spurs players that were around during the 1991 season. Because the 1991 season was quite big for both Arsenal and Spurs. Um, yeah, um, there was the historic semi-final um, where Gadza hit that free kick um, when Spurs beat Arsenal 3-1 in the, in the semi-final of the FA Cup and went on to win it. Not not very well not very well known in that game actually. Other than the the guys thing, no one really knew what happened. Gary Lineker scored two goals in that game, um, and no one really knows that. So yeah, he's he's the, the forgotten goal scorer, I guess. So Spurs won the FA Cup with Lineker and Gascoigne, and Arsenal. And wait, one more thing. Arsenal won the bit, league though. One more thing. It's a bit 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 in a, on a sort of a sad note. That game was just in Edinburgh's. Uh, what I guess it was his last. What his, his last trophy for Tottenham? Uh, he played he played in that game. What, he won he won two trophies for Tottenham. Um, very sad, Justin Edinburgh, rest in peace. But yeah, so th- um, around that time, legend, it was Arsenal and Spurs weren't doing. I wouldn't say they were in the same position they are now because Arsenal were clearly doing better back then. Um, but we stopped you from we're doing just double. on the league. We stopped you from doing double. Um, but we had some amazing players back then, some great Arsenal legends to wear this famous these famous kits. Uh, one of them, including being obviously Ian Wright, who was in the promotion for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he is voted to be, or not voted to be, but he is listed on Arsenal's website and the greatest 50th players to be the fourth greatest Arsenal player of all time. And I would suggest that Ian Wright is probably the best English ever player. English ever player? English player ever to play the best English Arsenal player ever. Uh, Arsenal. Not, not English <laughs> that, that narrows down a lot. There's not very many there. Mm, no, there is. We, a, we have a big history, so... Yeah, before, I mean, in history, you play, you, now, now you have no no English players. No, but before Wenger, there was still Wenger brought in the foreign players. Let's just say Arsenal's contribution to, to, to the international team is is very small. So yeah, uh, he's voted the fourth greatest player, um, possibly best Arsenal player, English player. He is the second highest goal scorer for Arsenal, Ian Wright. And Ian Wright is like the thing. The thing I was going to say about Arsenal and Spurs players that played in those nineties and played in these kits, and the differences between them now. And 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 the Spurs players now is Ian Wright and Paul Paul Merson who those sort of players David Seaman they 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 are Arsenal legends clear and clear, beyond clearly they are Arsenal legends and they still represent Arsenal very much I mean, Paul Merson he, we, everyone he always gives his opinions Ian Wright they, they, he's, they, he's, he's an advocate he's a proper he's a, like a Ian Wright is almost a I don't know what to call promoter like paid promoter for Arsenal like. These these are Arsenal players, but played in the nineties and a great team, who still care and do their most for Arsenal now. Whereas Spurs players, Lineker, no one even cares about him being Lineker's a Spurs player. He's more of a Leicester he, fan now. Lineker becomes a fan of whatever club's doing well at the moment. Lineker, I, I had no idea he's, he was a Leicester fan until until they were in the league, the the, the title race. Um, he mentioned Spurs when we when we won the won in the Champions League semi final. He was very happy with that. Um, but he he seems to be sort of a a glory a glory hunter. Which is weird for a player who played for Tottenham and Leicester. He played with Leicester. Fair. He, he played for Barcelona as well, and was and won the Golden Boot. He's and, a, and, and and Japan. And Japan. Don't forget. Um, I don't remember their name. To be honest. Um. Yeah. He. The, yeah. With, with for the, for the when they, when, they, when, they won, when they won the title, he was all getting emotional about how how they won the title. Um. When Spurs win, he gets 
on the Spurs bandwagon. It's quite fun on there. I mean, who wouldn't want to get on the Spurs bandwagon? Um, but I wouldn't say we have no ex-players. No, um, I'm saying though, players from 20 years ago who were part of a great Spurs team. Yeah, I think if you watched if you watched um, the build-up to the Champions League final, um, someone like Justin Edinburgh, who was in Madrid, obviously had a heart attack a, like a few days later, um, but he was in Madrid cheering on the team. Um, lots of players like that who, who were there. I mean, there's obviously Ledley King, who's slightly more recent. But I feel it says something when you only hear about a player when they're in the Champions League final rather than... It's not like Justin Edinburgh's constantly been an advocate for Spurs like you. This is where you're wrong. No, but I'm saying... He's been playing for the Legends team um, pretty much every week. Which is, is no, that is no, no small feat. Because okay, he, but, he got but, ma- but, ma- but no one, well. I had no clue who Justin Edinburgh was or his relation to Spurs. True. But unlike Ian Wright, it's not true. unlike Ian Wright and Paul Merson, who you see constantly saying things about Arsenal and saying Arsenal should do this, Arsenal fans don't like the stuff that Merson says. It's not that. It's a. St- it's, I don't. I don't think you can dislike his opinion, but at least it shows that he cares about Arsenal still. The rubbish the idea that there are no Spurs players we're talking about is that now. Like, like, Jermaine Genius who's a bloody pundit on, on, on BT and everything you've got you've got I don't know you've got King Ledley King who does stuff every now and then you've got Glenn Hoddle who goes on um, you've got players that, that come and like it's just a nonsense idea um, it's just that Spurs as a club partly because we have less of the past but also the fact is that we're not based in the past um, and the kit this sort of retro these retro kits that Man United did as well um, it shows basically how Arsenal are really really insecure about their their current uh, situation which they have a lot to be insecure about fair enough um, but they want to sort of remember we were good we were good once I promise we were like you, you, with, with, with Man U we won the Champions League once we, we were good we, we aren't just a, we, aren't, we didn't finish sixth um, Arsenal yeah we, we, we had invincible a few years ago we, we were good once I promise um, it's sounds just like, sounds like jealousy this yeah. <laughs> I'm not having a kit that you could have bring back as I'm, I'm not I'm not jealous of the fact that, that all, your, all, your, all, your, all your glory is in, in your past all your glory is in your past I'm not jealous of that mate trust me I'm not <laughs> Well, that's out of the way. Let's talk about the controversial and topical subject of the Y word yid. Well, since you're the token Spurs fan, oh. <laughs> I think you should give us your opinions on what you feel about singing yid army and all that stuff, and Spurs fans using it, and Chelsea fans using it. And- Gladly, I will do this. Um, so to start off, we we'll have to give you a little bit of a history lesson. It's not been that long, I promise. Um, but if anyone wants to go to the toilet now would be a good time I would suggest mm-hmm. if any irrelevant information or any of that stuff now Just could be a good time to get up facts and logic mate um, the word Yid um, lots, of, lots of Jews know this obviously um, was originally a Yiddish word said by now it's said by, by Orthodox Jews and definitely it, it translates to Jew it's, it's Yiddish it's, it was created by Jews for Jews um, with no obviously ill intent so Still currently to this day, if you, if you go and mix in all the circles, it's used as a positive. Right, then you get to sort of 1930s and 1920s, sort of um, Oswald Mosley and his fascists start, um, as, as David Bedell put it in his, in his article, sorry to mention David Bedell. As David Bedell said his, in his um, article, they had Yid on their t-shirt along with the word out. Um, it's pretty much, it's, it's sort of around that period when, when the word Yid is used as a negative. So, um, the Jewish community in Tottenham starts to grow around the early 20th century. Um, people sort of emigrate from the, the, the from the, from the programs in Russia. Um, sort of around, from, from 1880 onwards, which is, with, with the, hits its peak um, in 1905 as their persecution intensified. 
Um, as people as people who have been to the East End, it's it's sort of right, it's a few stops away from Tottenham. Um, so Jews would go from on on the tram after after the people. It, it was said that you could go for for um, on, on Shabbat for Musaf the on the, Saturday on Saturday um, for Musaf the the additional prayers at the end. Go home, have some food. And then this is a phrase that was recorded at the time. And then you can, and then you could get on the tram to Tottenham. So there was, there was pretty much no no problems with, with assimilation then um, among fans. And it, it, in 1934, it was reported that 10,000 Jews were in the crowd, which was approximately a third of the crowd. Um, and another thing is that, and it was also reported that almost all Jews who followed, followed the game were Spurs supporters. Um, so this the, the, this sort of assimilation pretty much. Um, was came a, a part of the identity of Tottenham. Um, so, so in the sixties and seventies, we start having anti-Semitic abuse of Tottenham fans. So during the nineteen sixties and seventies, when the anti-Semitic abuse of Tottenham fans sort of starts, um, it, it's it sort of started with with some funny chants such as um, "Does your rabbi know you're here?" But also much more negative chants such as "Spurs are on the way to Auschwitz." Hitler's going to gas him again, um, which obviously very clear anti-Semitic intent there. So. In response to this abuse, rather than um, turning on the fans, rather than uh, saying, t- saying t- 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 telling the Jews to get out of Tottenham, the fans started shouting, "We are the Yids, we are the Yids," um, standing with the Tottenham Jewish, the Jewish Tottenham fans, and the Star of David was flown around Tottenham. So this is where the history. So there's a sort of a short, slightly long history of the word and how it became to use as Spurs fans as a positive thing. So as a, as a response to anti-Semitism. So generally, though, what do you feel about using the word as well, I assume? And what do you feel about teams using it to discriminate against Spurs? Because obviously, as a Jew, I'm against anti-Semitism. Bit of a hot take there. Um, (laughs) So, so... Such a liberal. Being against anti-Semitism and all that, I think the best way to combat anti-Semitism is to proudly identify as a Jew. Um, and so, and, and, the, and the way this was done is by shouting Yid armies, by shouting, "We are the Jews, we are the Yids." Um, we're not going to stand up for anti-Semitism from Chelsea and Arsenal fans. Um, More West Ham, fans. West Ham Arsenal as well. Fans. But oh, I'm sure Arsenal would take it. Let's 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 not put an Arsenal or anything. In well, some... it has been historically known to be more Chelsea yeah, West Ham fans, and, and obviously with with um, with Chelsea's sort of racist history. Now, so from these fans, fans that use it nowadays, though, to use it in a derogatory way towards Spurs, though. Do you not think that it's anti-Semitism at all? Um, I, I think it depends on the context. It can cover up anti-Semitism? It depends on the context. Because the word just means Jew, it, it, people can use it as... People can use it first as 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 an as a, as a excuse for anti-Semitism. So as uh, David Bedil, who's obviously one of the biggest critics of Spurs fans using the Y-word, he said, um, the fact is that whatever its origins, the, the continuing use of the Y-word legitimises and sustains the racist abuse aimed at Spurs by the fans. So, But listen, you have to understand where he's coming from in this, to, to, to just completely ignore him and say it's it's him, oh, he's being an idiot about it, because he's, in this same article, explained that he went to games and Spurs were, and he heard chants about Jews and, and Yids, and he felt uncomfortable being Jewish. And I, You would too, wouldn't you, if someone was saying, I would kill the Jews, kill the Yids, if you're Jewish, and... Obviously, he they were talking to about Spurs. You would think, it's true. or you'd hope. I, I, but I would feel uncomfortable as a, as, a, as a Jewish Chelsea fan, and I'll tell you why. Because Chelsea's history is as a football club. Footballing wise, there's not much there. 
right? Everyone knows this. They've been a mid-table team for most of the history. They won the league once. So when you get to history, you've got the history of the Chelsea Headhunters. You've got the history of Combat 18. You've got the history of neo-Nazi groups, right, being in the, the Chelsea West Stand. This is the history of Chelsea Football Club. So when you've got that as your, as your history, I understand that you're jealous of Tottenham. I understand that. I understand that, you, that you, it's uncomfortable to be a Jewish, a Jewish Chelsea fan, right? But that, don't, make, don't make that about Spurs. If your club has, has, has anti-Semitic history, don't make that about Spurs. Spurs, when, when there was anti-Semitic abuse against, against the, the Jewish Spurs fans, stood with the Jews. Chelsea were, 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 were the club doing the, the anti-Semitism. So be jealous of Spurs. So, Go on, David. So I think, I think the main... Okay. Sorry, I think I think the main issue it needs to be addressed is not to do with Spurs fans not seeing it anymore, but it's to teach fans, opposition fans especially, that it's not it. The term can be used, yes, towards Spurs, but I feel like it, no one's educated enough to it can easily cover up lots of anti marks in Chelsea. It's not like Chelsea are. Oh, they've. It's not. It's not a common thing for Chelsea to be anti-Semitic or racist. No, it's very it's, common. It's a very common thing for them. They've had recent racist abuse, so there could be a few anti-Semitic Chelsea fans who who have grown up. Or the thing about as a kid, yeah, the whole thing is you grow up and you get taught your morals, and football does a lot of that. So imagine as a kid you're being taught up to sing these songs about the Yids, yeah, and then you go and you start learning about the Holocaust and all, and Nazi Germany and all that. Instantly in your head, you're just like. Well, the Jews deserved it, maybe. Like, uh, you, it can extreme. grow anti-Semitism, that's, though, that's especially bit, from kids going to these sort of games. I think that, that's a bit extreme to say that, that, that you can you can say that the Jews deserved it. Um, but I'm not talking from a Spurs perspective. I'm saying I understand. But I, I don't think that causes it. I'm saying though, um, kids can't, especially fans. So, the, it's so common when you've got to hear. when you've got racists, racist, racist children. So children of members of 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 the, of the, the Chelsea headhunters. Children of members of, of of actual racists, their children are more are more likely to be racist, right? So the, the children of racists are, are more more likely to be racist than than the average person. The average person who sings some song about 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 Spurs and 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 Yids and that is not going to is not that isn't going to correlate to I don't know justifying the Holocaust is what you said that doesn't correlate. But I feel like yeah, these Craig. kids can, especially as a child, as an adult, not as much. But from a child's perspective, if all they're hearing at football games is the Jews are evil, the Jews are evil, or let's say, or the Yids, the Yids, because you're saying it's when they use the term the Yids, it's not as bad. But if you just hear that, and then you hear about, and then you start learning about the arrest, it's just it's an awful thing to think that it, even if one child, if you think about this, even if one child turns out. Becomes anti-Semitic from it. That's worse than anything. Spurs. That's worse than Spurs not one, seeing it. How could one child? So how could how could a one the word the word yid does not turn turn anyone anti-Semitic, right? If, but it's the context if, if the that parent, Chelsea use it if in. If the parent is, is an anti-Semite, if they're a Chelsea fan, then the odds of them, of them being an anti-Semite are much higher than the average fan. Let's be honest, right? Then their, their children. Are more likely to be anti-Semites. The, the fact that they're saying the word "year" doesn't make them anti-Semitic. And also, we have to we have to say this. We're talking about, we're talking about Chelsea. Chelsea can deal with it with, with their own, their own anti-Semitism. It's not Spurs fans' job, or Spurs or Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. It's not their job to deal with Chelsea anti-Semitism. Chelsea can it's deal not with their Spurs, own job. And I don't right? think Spurs so, so Spurs to, to, to pretend that Spurs fans saying the word "year" 
legitimizes and sustains the racist abuse is just victim blaming. It's victim blaming 101, right? And it's blaming the, the victims of racism. So, so when, when, when David Bedil says that racism, the racism that, 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 that comes from it is legitimate and is sustained, what he's talking about, right, is that when Spurs fans go away to Lazio, when you've got neo-Nazis in Lazio doing, doing, doing Nazi salutes at games and they get stabbed... That, that, that's, that's, that's legitimate because Spurs fans said, yeah, what can they expect? When Spurs, when Spurs go to Lyon and they get, and, 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 and they get assaulted by, by Nazis there, that's, that's legitimate. That's, that's legitimate according to David Vidal because they said the word yid. Let's not blame, blame the victims. Let's blame the racists. Let's attack the racists. Let's, let, let's side with Jews over racists. David Vidal, side with Jews. I don't know why you're trying to make this about David Baddiel. We're talking about literal use of the term yid and why it's why it could be a problem. I'm not saying Spurs fans shouldn't use it, but it's a problem that there's no one educated enough to teach other fans that it's not okay to use. Now, from my personal experience from Arsenal, yes, Arsenal have to, I've had heard have heard Arsenal fans sing yido yido that sort of thing, but I've in recent times going to games, it's common that when the part of the song to sing Yido comes mm-hmm. up. Arsenal fans have used it less and less and less. But I'm just saying, when I was younger going to Arsenal and I heard it, I didn't. I thought, okay, it's Jews, whatever, I can laugh. I'm a Jew, so I'm allowed to say it. And it's just about Spurs, so whatever. But from a child's perspective, yeah, who's not Jewish, it's just, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a dangerous territory to go into. So, so what you've sort of touched on there is it's, it's a problem of non-Jews saying it. All right, um, and that problem. So the way I see it is that when a, a Spurs fan, a non-Jewish Spurs fan, and and if we assume that, that I don't know that the five percent stat is correct, that five percent of, of, of Spurs fans are Jewish. Um, if we assume that ninety five percent are non-Jews, the ninety five percent of non-Jews are saying that we stand with 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 Jews against racism. But I don't think they are. I don't think Spurs. Whether fans... it, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly, even if it's ignorance, they don't know what the word means. I'll tell you this: that when I was at a game at, at, at the at the Old World Lane. And they were, and the the, the Yid army chants are being chanted. And I heard behind me some guy goes, "What what does the word Yid mean?" Right, there is ignorance there. There is ignorance. But isn't that that's a but, dangerous territory to go into? What they're saying is what, what what they're saying, knowingly or unknowingly. What the effect of what, of what they're saying is 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 combat racism. Let's stand against racism with Jews, and that's a good thing. But they don't. They're not knowingly know know what they're doing. And this, if someone, this, if someone it's not like this word, if, if someone unknowingly like, defends defends goes against racism, I'm I'm okay with that. It's not like this word though has been used. It's not. They don't know. Who knows? They could be anti-Semitic. For we know, they just don't know what the term means. It's not like this word has constantly been used in a positive way. Yeah, it's people that who don't know the history of it and they're using it. They're singing it, but little do they know. Germans could have used the term Yid and Jew to talk negatively about. Jews. So they're using the term, not knowing what it means. So I think the main issue here is not to t- t- tell Spurs no, not to say it, and not to tell Chelsea fans, oh, well, I think yes, you can't use Chelsea fans and not to use it. But I think it's more about educating people about the history of the word and what it means and why, it, what, and then give people a, more of a thought of why they use it rather than just using the words willy nilly, oh, it, Yid army, oh, kill the Jew, kill the Yids. It's more about teaching people. It's yeah, teaching people. Teaching people. The ter- it's not like it doesn't get used. It, that term is you "kill the yids" is used by Chelsea fans. It, it's to, you need to educate if fans. Someone's saying, someone, if someone's saying "kill and the I yids," think, they're most likely most likely an, an anti-Semite. Like I think it's a big responsibility from, I would say, the government possibly 
from 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 police, especially if it, if it, if the main problem is in football, to educate people on what the word is and what it's used for, and how it's been used in the past. Look, you look at Ajax, for example. Yeah, yeah, they're a team yeah. with a oh, a very rich history of Jews, Jewish fans as well. Very they've true. got the, they've had the same issue with Spurs. They had a they had a more they had more of an issue because. Lots of Dutch people were killed in the Holocaust. Yeah, Spurs... there was, a, there was an, an Ajax player who who played for the team and, and was killed in the Holocaust. I think there were a few of them who who played who played for Ajax and was killed in the Holocaust. Yeah, and now the away fans who don't know the history, who don't know what the term means or any of that, they use the terms. There was a fan from there was a player from Edenhag, yeah, who when they when they when they beat Ajax, he was caught singing a song. Let's all go on a Jew hunt. Which was a term used by by the Dutch Nazi Party, yeah. This is he clearly wasn't educated, and he apologised for it. But it shows the dangers of not educating people, or, or, and and still being allowed to say, yeah, anyone can use the word, I, anyone I, I can sing these songs. I, I agree, should be, people should be educated about it. Um, but the current situation we have is that but no, even, but the problem is people aren't educated about even it. If it's, even if everyone's ignorant, the effect of Spurs fans saying it is is a positive effect. But I think you have to look at both sides. You're not looking at both sides here. You're just looking at the Spurs side of it. That's not the looking at the... The, argument, the argument is, 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 is can Spurs fans say it? And the, and the answer is yes. But you need to be looking at that from a perspective of... Because Spurs fans sing it, it makes away fans sing it as well because Spurs oh, yeah. identify I don't, I don't themselves. Think, I don't think that is, is, is a legitimate criticism because what it does is it blames the victim, the victims of racism. And and it says that it's their fault for being Jews, or, and for and for and, and, for, and, and, and I'm not and, saying and Spurs Jews. should educate. And I think that's victim Spurs... blaming. And I think victim blaming is wrong. I'm not saying Spurs should take any blame for it, but I'm saying Spurs should think about it before because of there's no education. People Spurs should then at least do their best job to educate people and to educate fans. Spurs do job in educating. Because because Spurs when 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 it was asked about in, in 2013 they said it, 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 it it's a, it's it's a, it's a crucial part of, a, of 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 our identity and if someone wants to get involved with Tottenham and doesn't know, and doesn't know anything about Tottenham or history and Tottenham history then then we, we, you can't do anything about that you can't do anything about about idiots who who, who don't, don't know anything about Tottenham and are just going to, to be to be anti-Semitic but let's not pretend that, that there are anti-Semitic at Tottenham like I've never heard of anything anti-Semitic at Tottenham because of the history of the club. Right, because the history of the club, because the history of the club means that the anti-Semitism comes from from opposing fans, um, and not from Spurs fans, because Spurs fans stand up against racism. So, with Spurs fans and Ajax fans, yes, neither of them though are Jewish, yet they associate themselves with these terms. Now, a problem is because they're associating themselves, lots of these fans don't actually know what they're associating themselves with. They just think it's a football term. For example, in a documentary about Super Jews, about Ajax, mm-hmm. the Super Jews, there was a kid that ran into a shop and basically said he wanted the star of star of Ajax, which was commonly known as a Star of David. The Israeli, uh, the national flag symbol for Israel is has the Star of David. It's a common Jewish symbol, but he he thought it was associated with Ajax. So he's a little kid who's not educated, who thinks. But he's using the term which was used. These terms were used to incite anti-Semitism, to talk about himself as a football club, rather than knowing the history. And I think that's a bit. It's a so, dangerous. It's dangerous. So it's people, dangerous people might associate, society. People might associate those words with with anti-Semitism, but that doesn't mean the word is inherently anti-Semitic, right? So, for example, the word ghetto, 
right? It has very immediate connotations with the Holocaust, with very, very negative and disgusting stuff, right? But the word ghetto is, is not an anti-Semitic word. The word yid, the word jude, yud, whatever you want, however you want to pronounce it, right? That has connotations with racism. That does not mean the word itself is inherently racist. The word itself was made by Jews, is still used by Jews, is a word in Yiddish, a Jewish language made by Jews for Jews. It's, it's not, but it's, it's not, not being used. Words. It's not, it's not being used. Words. It's not being used all the time by 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 those supporting Spurs to, to talk about Jews. They're using it to support themselves and Spurs. They're not using it, as you said, to stand up against that racism. They're not. They're people using who, it to people, represent people, themselves. People who know about it, people who know, which I think is, is a majority of the fans, people who know about it, right, are doing it knowingly, knowing what they're doing. Know exactly what they're doing. There are a minority of, of idiot fans who don't understand it, but I, I think there there are a mass a mass a tiny minority. The 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 majority of Spurs fans, when they chant Yid Army, they know what they're doing. What would you say to a Holocaust survivor who went through the negative connotations of these terms, Jews, Yids, um, and experienced anti-Semitism from it, who who feel who feel hurt when they hear fans using it without knowing the context without knowing things and they just think well it represents my football team nothing so, about what they went through or what they because you're Jewish you, you you have to know someone that went through the Holocaust so everyone I understand knows someone that, that I understand that, knows... the, the, that there is trauma associated with the word right but I think the response to, to the trauma and the anti-Semitism that has been associated with that word in the past is to say Let's use the way it was actually meant to be said. Let's use the way it was it was made as a word, the way that it was it was created, rather than the way it was reinterpreted by the anti-Semites and the racists that, that, that she experienced. Right, the Holocaust about experienced the racists and the and the, and the fascists who reinterpreted the word, who reinterpreted the word yid in the wrong way. They I feel like you're not in a position to tell. Someone who experienced the negative, you've never experienced the true negative side of it. You've only gone through now, after hearing what happened to people, you've never experienced the true negative side of it. These people were killed, yes? These people have experienced the negative sides of it. You haven't. So I don't feel you can say to them, well, we're using it in a lovely term now, because they went through the the, the bad start. They went through the bad times when it was used. Imagine. I don't think it's an easy conversation to have with a Holocaust survivor who, 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 would, who would, could, have, could have experienced it in a negative way. But you have to say, and you have to justify it, because you have to justify it as, as a way of fighting the racists who who put who put, put, put who, who did the Holocaust right? The racists who who, who did this, the racists who, who who continue to 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 attack Jews in every single way, right? The way you have, the way to do it is say they are wrong, right? Rather than rather than let let's let's agree with their with their, their interpretation of the word. Their interpretation of the word is as something bad. Their interpretation of the, of the idea of a Jew as being something bad. Let's say that it's not a bad thing. Let's say that it's a good thing. Let's 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 say that, that we're proud to be we're proud to be the Yid army. Let's not say that we can't say the word because because racists and Nazis and, and neo Nazis took it took took the word and reinterpreted it in, in in the incorrect way. I think we can say that as we can say is that what we we are standing up for the Yid army. We're standing up for Jews. We are standing up against racism, and that is again that's a, a good thing. That's the, that's the, that is the way to combat racism. Um, yeah. So I think it's a great thing that Spurs, and I think I think Spurs should be allowed to use it. And I think you're right in saying that. But I feel like that we need some education. So I think I think it would be lovely to see, lovely to see Spurs and Chelsea fans, Spurs and West Ham fans, or just the Premier League in general do something mm-hmm. to try to educate people on. So fair enough to Chelsea. They they did actually 
um, run trips with anti-Semitic fans. They, they took, and with the, the, lots of the club as well, they put lots of players on uh, a trip to Auschwitz, an education trip, and they, and they met and they met a survivor. There was a documentary about it on, on Sky Sports. Um, it was uh, it was that was fair enough to them. Um, yeah, and I think a, a wider a wider plan of education is obviously a good thing, um, and hope I think that hopefully with with the poll that is is due to come out, um, is, is due to be sent, that is due to be uh, put around the Spurs members. I think there should be alongside that and some education of the history of the word, and, and yeah, I agree with that. So we're now going to get Wheels on TV to kind of give their opinions of it. They're also Spurs fans and Jewish fans who have, who've been to many games and. We're going to hear what they've got to say on the matter. Yeah. So, welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. Our first, our first guest on the show. We are Tottenham TV. First guest. First guest. <laughs> Thank oh, you so much that. for coming on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Thanks, it's amazing you come on. All right. So, so you, your your, your channel is one of the biggest Spurs fan YouTube YouTube channels. Um, doing pretty well for yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, appreciate it. Appreciate that. It's the way right, when people um, say that. I've got one of the largest Spurs fan channels. Whatever. It's you know. It's a, I'm happy with the channel so far. Hopefully, we keep growing as much as we can. But thank you. Thank you for the support. support. All right. So, um, obviously, we're Jews. Both yeah, Jews we're here. Both <laughs> um, you're a Jew. It's obvious. People point out to me all the time. Apparently, it's very obvious. Apparently, <laughs> it's really, really obvious on my face. All right, so both both boxes ticked. You're a Jew. You're a Spurs fan. So mm. conflict there. Um, the <laughs> question is, as a, as a Spurs as a, fan, do you do you sing Yid Army? Do you join in with with the chance the, the Yid Army chance at the games? Um, do you or do you or do you find objection to it? I find it ridiculous that there's any objection to it, in my opinion. Of course I join in. It's part of our identity. It's part of who we are. It's, growing up being a Spurs fan, being part of that Yid Army was so important to me. It really was uh, learning, I think, the history of why Spurs started chanting that word as well. I think it's so important. I think really people should learn their history about how a lot of Spurs fans were getting a lot of really bad, really bad abuse from rival supporters. And instead of the Spurs fans, you know, kind of trying to protect, looking after themselves, they were looking after the Jewish fans. They were making sure that they were included in the Tottenham family. They weren't, um, you know, they weren't afraid of them or, you know, they were proud that the Jews were a massive part of the fan base. And that's why we started to call ourselves the Army to kind of reclaim the word, to drown out the abuse. And I, I think that's beautiful, actually. I, I think that's completely opposite to anyone who claims any sort of like racist intent or any sort of bad intent in using the word. I think it's an absolute disgrace, really, that, that, that they would twist it in that way. And... You know, it's all have always he seems to be gooners and Chelsea fans seem to yeah, come up yeah. and say it's anti-Semitic. Just seems to be a coincidence. It always seems yeah, to it's, it's and protests and the petitions. They're always <laughs> bloody gooners. Matt Lucas, he he has to learn his history. He's like going on at other people saying, you know, they're telling me what's anti-Semitic. I'm telling you, I'm a Spurs, I'm a Jew. This is not anti-Semitic. And mm -hmm. if you are the ones who are supposed to be saying something, I'm saying something. Yeah. Right. So, so like Matt Lucas and David Baddiel have been quite in in known right now recently to have had a problem with it. They're both Jewish as well, though. So, yeah. do you think though it's more about their the football rivalry of it, or do you think it's genuinely their feelings towards the problem with their the chance and they feel? Uh, like... Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna denigrate their arguments just uh, to football banter kind of. I I do think they probably do care a lot about the ch um, you know the. They do probably care a lot about anti-Semitism for sure, 
But I just think that they're misguided. I think I, I, I don't think they're going down the right path in pursuing trying to get Tottenham to ban the word from the stadium or anything like that. Let's stop banning. The, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to start banning fans. It's, you know, as much as uh, United are the Red Devils, as much as Arsenal and the Gooners, we're the Yids, we're the Yid Army. You think you just get rid of that overnight. It's never going to happen. Never, never in a million years. So unless you're going to start, you know, finding Tottenham every single game or starting banning fans, uh, you know, it's never going to stop. So I think it's a pointless war to, that, that they're trying to fight. And I think it's useless. You really, it's never going to go anywhere. Um, so I don't see the point in them carrying it on. And, and and they're wrong about it as well. It's not like as if they're right. So I'm, I'm baffled that it's still a thing. But hey-ho, that's what it is. Hey, anything to controversy nowadays, it's 2019. Well, you're a Spurs fan, though, to have, who have who kind of sing it. But these are Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans who have gone to games and have seen the negative side towards it. And I assume you've seen the negative side as well. But these are fans who, who might feel uncomfortable when they're part of a, a fan base who have these fans on their side who are singing these chants. So for them, it's a, it's a bit more uncomfortable than how you would feel because you would feel you're standing up for it, whereas they don't see themselves standing up for it. So what do you say uh, to who them? Like David Bedil, for example, who's who's a big Chelsea fan who's who's gone to games and he's here. He's heard like them them chanting "Kill the Jews" and that sort of thing. He's he's not here. He's not seeing the positive side of it as much as you might because you're you're joining in in the positive way, whereas he can't do that, at Chelsea. Yeah, but I see. That, look, I, I hear I hear the argument, but. I think us, they use it in a different way, obviously. I think it's clear, clear for everyone to see. The, the way they use it is in a derogatory way. They use it in an abusive way. But, I, like, for example, there, there are limits. I think if they're going to go around singing, you know, effing Jew and all that stuff, and uh, or effing Yids, I mean, stuff, stuff like, okay, maybe you should look at that. But stuff like, for example, like that Maratha song, like they, they, they sang, like saying he hates the effing Yids or something. I don't think it's, I, I don't think that's that bad, honestly. I don't think that, that would be cause for anti-Semitism, even if they're using it. I don't like. That's just I think how it is. If we call ourselves Jews, we're going to get a bit of that. But obviously, things like Holocaust songs and you know the hissing and all that rubbish. Obviously, that's a completely different area. That's completely out of order and it's disgusting. But I don't know. I, I think you can't you can't look at the Spurs fans and think that. They're using it in an anti-Semitic way. It's just I can't see a case for that. And so I can't, and you know, even the Prime Minister of England, David Cameron at the time, he came out and he said that, you know, you can't call that anti-Semitic. So I think this case has been here, it's been argued before. It's time for it to go away. I think it's time for this argument to end. There's no need for it anymore. So this sort of links on to links on to the question of, of do you think that anybody anybody Jewish or not can use the word? Because, yeah, I mean, if, if, if only yeah. Jews can use it, or anyone, anyone can use it. You, know, you can be not Jewish and use the word, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, a bit from there. So, so, so you, you go to pretty much every home and away game, though. Have you ever experienced, <laughs> have you experienced any anti-Semitism, though, or... Or have you seen from either Spurs fans, and I'd hope not Spurs fans, or away fans, have you experienced any anti-Semitism yourself? Um, online, I have, yeah, a bit. I guess Big Nose, they call me Big Nose Tukan, you've probably seen that a lot. People call me Tukan, I guess, referring to my large nose. Um, but yeah, not, a game's not really. 
I remember we were at Arsenal away actually in the Cup Card and Cup, and they were, Arsenal had to make a statement because of we were because we, the vlog on, when we scored after the, um, I think Chelsea, uh, my brother was recording the fans, and uh, one of the fans I went like that, like big nose, big nose. Um, so uh, that was caught on camera, and people took that and thought and and made it into a whole anti-Semitic story, saying you know Spurs fans being anti. Um, suffering from anti-Semitic abuse and everything, all from our video. And then Arsenal actually made a statement saying, yeah, we've seen, like, we have to take action against this and stuff like that. But I, I actually think he was just referring to my big nose, honestly. I don't think he was referring to Jews in general. So I think I was, like, kid probably got harshly done. I probably got kicked out of school or something. I don't know. But um, honestly, anti I mean, anti-Semitism, I haven't seen that much. Maybe a bit here and there when, you know, away games when you're right that just in that strip when right next to the away fa the home fans and the away fans are right next to each other you get a bit of it but that's just fans having out with each other i don't think there's any genuine like coordinated anti-semitism at football games like chanting or stuff but not, not not too much i've seen yeah i've seen it back a few years ago you know when you go chelsea away and west ham away for sure you definitely get a lot of it but I think it's less now than it used to be. But you, you listen, you're going to get a lot few idiots every game that's going to ch chuck any sort of racism. But it's more about getting under the football, other football fans' skin. They want to get under the, they want to rile them up instead of actually being anti-Semitic, in my opinion. It's just football fans being idiots. But you, so you're going to get it. You're going to get stuff. But I haven't seen too much of that. It's been too much of an issue for me personally now. Do you think that that Chelsea's um, Chelsea's aims to try and solve the problem with um, sending their, their players and, and some fans to, to on tours of Auschwitz? Do you think that, that that's a good a step in the right direction? Oh, I just love that. I love that uh, rule by Roman Abramovich. Absolutely brilliant. Send the anti-Semites to Auschwitz. That's a great way. We're going to send them to concentration camps. I like it. Um, yeah, I think. Look, uh, I don't think I. I don't think it was that smart. I don't think it's going to really turn anyone. And look, I guess you've got to commend every effort to bow anti-Semitism. Roman Abramovich is going to put money out of his own pocket to send anti-Semites to uh, Auschwitz. I'm not going to complain, but I don't think it's going to do anything, really. You're, you're, they're paying for the trip, so it's actually you probably get a good night out there in Poland. Uh, you're probably paying for that. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but why? why not? Why not? I, I nothing against it really well we've just kind of had this argument and it's like I don't think I think the problem though is that there isn't enough education in for Spurs fans especially there's a lot of Spurs fans who don't actually know what they're chanting they have now now especially with like Spurs and Ajax who also are known as the Super Jews they there's lots of fans who don't yeah. understand the history of the terms and I feel like it should be taught history yeah, but I feel like Spurs need to do something. And I know it's not blaming the victim, but Spurs should... I think I don't know if Spurs do enough to educate their fans on the true meaning and history of it. So do you think... you Would you support, like... I assume you would support it, but do you feel Spurs do enough, or...? You know what? I've never really thought about that before. I've never really thought about the fact that Spurs themselves as a club should do more to promote the history of the use of the word. I know, obviously, they made a statement when... Um, the fans were being charged. I think it was back in 2008 when a few fans were charged for using the Yid where they tried to ban it for like a week or something. And uh, two fans were ejected from the ground and Spurs made a statement saying, you know, they reject that, you know, that it's all about context and everything. And it was when the whole uh, argument came up, like when David Deal was doing his whole thing and when Cameron uh, commented on it. So Spurs were fully behind the use of the word, but they don't really d uh, explain it. I guess, you know, no, you'll never get any official club merchandise or anything with the Yid word or anything nothing official will ever be associated with that 
but they do publicly um, back Spurs fans using the term of the word. We know that. So I guess you do have a point. I never really thought about the fact that they don't really promote the history or anything like that. It's never, you know, you're never going to see it in like a club, official club book or something, a history book or anything like that. You'll never, you won't see much of it. You'll just probably see a reference to Spurs fans, not the we the army. So you probably have a point. Maybe the club should do more. I don't know what they could do. I, I don't know. What are you, you going to do? Maybe a Yid Army Day each year? Um, so we've got, we've got, we're going to sort of finish interviews with asking people about the person whose name is in the podcast, um, Sol Campbell. Um, <laughs> for, for you, we know this is a little bit more personal. Um, you, you, you met him. Um, could you like elaborate on what happened then, please? Could, could you elaborate what happened on, on when you when you met Sol Campbell and that that sort of and your feelings and, and your, towards him and your feelings towards him in general? Yeah. I really can't stand him. He really gets under my skin. But anyway, like, obviously, he's been, like, a real villain in my lifetime. Like, ever since I was growing up, like, I really did not like the guy, what he did. I really, even looking back at it, what he did was so scummy. What Leaving on a free to Arsenal while when he said he was going to sign a contract and then just rocking up the Gooners the next day was just... He'll never be forgiven. I think he... And, and, and for sure, he'll never be forgiven from the Spurs fans. He shouldn't be forgiven from the Spurs fans. I don't think. I think you should be reminded he's a Judas for sure. There's no, there's not a statue of limitations on selling out your club. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, he's he he made his choice back in the day, and he has to live by it. And anyway, I was invited to the FIFA Best Awards, um, where we do interviews, maybe just just hang out. There's like a press bit you can go like grab them. I got like Clint Dempsey, and I got uh, like Mido and Rob, Robert Roberto Martinez. He got on the channel. Mm. I was all really cool. And whatever, I heard Sol Campbell was going to be there, but I wasn't thinking much of it. I was like, oh, I was thinking to myself, I really hope I don't bump into him because if I, if I bump into him, I say something and I'm going to say something I regret and it will probably won't end well. But I probably won't see him, whatever. I can't, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. And then um, I saw Pochettino uh, walking down the line. Uh, so I was really wanting to get Pochettino on the channel, obviously. So. Um, so I get like I push to the front. I'm getting front and center. I'm like in perfect position to interview Pochettino. So while he's walking down, Sol Campbell kind of comes. I didn't realize he came. He like comes from nowhere. Starts talking to the Arsenal fan TV lot on the right. So I was like, whatever. And I was still waiting for Pochettino. Then he starts walking over to me because I think I'm standing next to DT or Kelechi or something on the Arsenal fan TV lot. <laughs> so he so so I don't know. And so he he he, he starts walking over. And so while I was walking, I just, I was like, turned to expressions who was behind me. He was like, ready to hold the camera because I was ready for an interview Pochettino. I didn't really want someone on my channel. I wasn't recording at the time. This was, I didn't record any of it because I wanted Poch. Um, so I think maybe someone else recorded it. But um, so they, he was walking down. I just went to the and I went, boo, like that. Just gave him a little boo to expressions. And I didn't realize, I didn't think it was that loud. Well, it, was, it was a bit of banter for expressions. I didn't think it would hear, but whatever. So Campbell heard it. And he was like, "What?" I was like, "Was I was asking? What do you? What did you?" He's like, "What? What did you say?" So I just put the microphone. I said, "What do you think of club loyalty? What's your opinion on club loyalty?" And he was like, "Oh, he and he got pissed off. He, people were recording. He was getting really wound up and saying, 'What do you mean? Why are you talking about that now? You should get over it. It's ten years ago. You're so 
<laughs> you're so young, you don't remember it. Why are you saying this stuff? And I was like, mate, this is still happening. He was like, why are you even here? Are you, are you supposed to be impartial? Are you a journalist? Why? I was like, no, we are Tottenham TV. I'm not, I don't have to be impartial. He was like, oh. And then he just, like, and then he just walked off. And then he said, I can't remember, he said something while he was walking up. I can't remember what he said. But he was not happy at all. And we, someone actually had the footage because we, we were doing some... Um, we were doing some content for a third party um, organization, which we, we've now left, but um, we were doing, they were recording it at the time. I didn't know that. Um, but the main shareholder in this other organization was Robbie. I didn't know this at the time when I signed up. So basically he, they pretty much gave the footage to Arsenal fan TV to, to put up and they were going to like put frame it as like Sol Campbell rinses Spurs fan or something. And we were like, and we wanted the footage. We were promised any interview we would do, uh, we would get the footage because uh, we do our own interviews. So we were promised any, any content we'll do, we'll get the footage. And then, so they sent me my interviews for Dempsey and Mida and then they didn't send me all the Sol Campbell stuff. I was like, yeah, I want that. I want to use it. I want to, I want to, you know, show how, how, how triggered Sol Campbell got the fact of the thought club loyalty. And, um, they wouldn't give it to me. They refused to give it to me because Robbie, Robbie wanted to use the Arsenal fan TV and Robbie, uh, said he, he wouldn't, he refuses to give it to me to use for my channel. And, um, it was a whole, we had a whole big fight, Arsenal, well, not big fight, whatever, we had a bit of a disagreement, us and Arsenal fan TV, I, I was not happy at Robbie at all, and I'm recording him a few things, and he wasn't happy about it, which, we're, we're, we're on all right terms now, but, we had a bit of a falling out over it, but what happened was, they, were, they weren't going to give it to us, and um, what happened was, uh, they weren't going to give it to us, and um, they were going to use it on their channel, but Sol Campbell contacted them and because I think no, so they contacted Sol Campbell asking him, look, they said, look, we're going to put this video out. Uh, just letting you know. And he said, don't, don't put it out. I don't want you to put it out. But they were, they were like, no, we really want to put it out. We think it's a good bit. Like he said, please don't put it out. I don't want you to put it out. So they didn't put it out and they refused to give it to us. So we don't have the footage. So the footage is lost for, well, we might, we might, we might have the footage as, uh, you know, a bad, uh, a bad copy of it, but maybe we'll put it out at some point. You never know. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Cheers. Really appreciate it. So the hero of the week and the villain of the week. Uh, not much happened this week though. Uh, however, the hero of the week this week, I think is a very, respectable and i think they deserve it very much it's not a single person it's a team both of them are neither of them are single people but the hero of the week is roma and the whoever running the the sort of pr a, for them a feel good story a feel good story yes and it ended on a high after lots of uh lots of a feel good story roma have announced that whenever they announce a new signing during the transfer window they are also going to post a images of missing children they are working with some 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 charities who are very involved in missing children and they will be posting like they did in the milk cartons in the u.s previously uh it's going to have uh missing children in wherever uh whenever they announce a new signing to go along with it and i think that's a very lovely story and lovely that lovely move from them and i don't think it's oh it's i think i think i'd hate to see people say it's a PR move or any of that rubbish because I think it's a very respectful thing and it's a lovely thing for them. It's They're working with other charities, not doing it to gain followers or profit. I, I don't think they are. 
And so so they are the heroes of the week, along with a shout-out to Madagascar, who topped the group, which is quite apparently it was a big shock for them to beat Nigeria in the AFCON. Villain of the week is the Copper America organisers, who, 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 due to poor organisation, um, had had very empty stadiums in the Copper America. Those been watching it. Um, there was to, one game I saw which had... 19,000 fans in a 72,000-seater stadium. Wow. That's almost as bad as, as, as Baku. Um, yeah, it's very similar to this, and I think it's a bit of a stupid thing. And they're basically... It's, it's, it's related to, to money, money and football. They're basically doing it's it just to make a profit. profit yeah. In fact, I saw that um, they, they got the highest amount of... They got the highest ticket sales ever for a game which hardly had anybody in there any ever game in brazil they got like five six million which was the most ever in brazil brazil have ever had mm-hmm. um and i think it shows the really nasty side of a developing country who whose whole history has been about football where it's it's the people that can't afford it who can't go to these games and it's an amazing tournament the government of america yeah it's up there with the euros and whatnot and I think not having fans is a real big issue. And it's not a nice way to end it, but that's it for this week. Uh, it was a bit hectic. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please share. Follow us on Twitter at SoulCAPodcast. Soul Campbell is a traitor. And see you next week. Come on!